Did you ever take your own pulse? You know, to kind of make sure you're alive, that kind of thing. How many of you take your own blood pressure on a regular basis? A lot of people do that for health reasons. Uh, you ever take your spiritual pulse? Do you even know how to take your spiritual pulse? Well, one of the things we're going to be doing over the next few weeks is taking a look at our spiritual pulse, both as a congregation and as individuals. And very briefly today, we're going to start it out by looking at how Paul views a healthy Christian. And I want to read from Paul's first letter to his very good friend, Timothy. From the sixth chapter, beginning with the 17th verse. Tell people who are rich at this time not to become egotistical and not to place their hope on their finances, which are uncertain. Instead, they need to hope in God, who richly provides everything for our enjoyment. Tell them to do good, to be rich in the good things they do to be generous, and to share with others. When they do these things, they will save a treasure for themselves that is a good foundation for the future. That way, they can take hold of what is truly life. I particularly like that last verse. That way they can take hold of what is truly life. The idea of richness has many meanings. The truth is that we here at Rush Church are indeed richly blessed. Particularly in material things where we probably are wealthier than 98% of all the other human beings on the face of this earth. Some of our lifestyle choices may not leave much margin, but the fact is that by almost any standard, we are extremely well off. We are not doing without. And it often seems that the more we have, the more we worry about keeping what we have and about even getting more. And when that's the focus of our thoughts, it's sometimes a real challenge to express faith, genuine faith, in the God who has made us. Paul says that if we're going to face that challenge, there's really only one way to do it. And that's to put our faith in God. Now that sounds simple, and yet... We all know how difficult it can be. He suggests that we begin by doing good things, as he calls it. Good things. Simple as that. He invites us that if we genuinely want to be rich... 
that we, we, that we be rich in acts of kindness, in acts of mercy, in acts of love, in acts of grace, that we be generous until we become extravagant, that we be willing to share until we have given much of ourselves away. In the mail last week, you received a letter, kickoff of our stewardship campaign for this year. And in it was a little card that we asked you to fill out and bring back today. Some of you, some of you did that and left them out there. Um, some of you, maybe you didn't. If you haven't, we've got blanks. We'd still like to have you fill it out and leave it with us today. Just simply says, the things I love about my church. Now, I've looked quickly at some of the ones that came in during the week. And it's, it's genuinely... Amazing what people are grateful for. But it almost always boils down to the people of this community of faith. It boils down to you and what you mean to them, what you do for them, what you represent for them. One card just said, things I love about my church, the people of my church. And that in a way sums it up as we are asked to be extravagantly generous with our lives toward others. It genuinely does make all the difference in the world. The top of the card says, things I love about my church. I think it could also have said, places I see Jesus Christ. Because I think it is in each other, as I say almost every week in my benediction, that it is in one another that we most often find the face of Christ. Our job is to make sure that when they look at us, they also find the face of Christ. Can we be that wildly generous with each other? Paul's last line of that passage I read said, and I'll read it again, but if we do these kinds of things, that we can then t take hold of what is truly life. Truly life. What does that mean to you? Would you recognize it if you saw it? How would you know that Living the way you're living right now is truly the life that God calls us to live. I can't answer that for you. Paul can't answer that for you. You have to answer that for yourself. And the only way you're going to discover it is by living your life filled with generosity.
of giving to others, of sharing yourself with others, of making it possible for people who don't know what we know to learn what we know. I hope you've been reading the the devotion, daily devotionals we've also been providing. Uh, you were given the set for this week when you came in today. If you didn't get it, please get it before you leave. It's also sent out on a daily basis on Rush Tidings to anybody that's on our email list. Um, I hope you'll read those. Think about them. Ask yourselves the questions that are posed and pray about them. Last Tuesday, one of the, the devotion talked about how birds in the spring go through all sorts of exertions in order to build nests. Sometimes they come back to ones they built the year before, but a lot of birds build them new every year. If you've ever watched a bird put together a nest over a period of days, it's truly an amazing thing to watch. The energy that goes into it, the care that goes into it, not doing it for themselves, They're fine without a nest once they're an adult. They're doing it for the next generation and sometimes the generations after that. One of the things that we have to be careful about as a church is that we don't build our nest for ourselves. But rather that we build our nest for the generations still to come, for all those people who have not experienced the love of Jesus Christ in their lives. That's what we build a church for. That's what we exist as a community of faith for. For those people and for the people that can't take care of themselves. That's whom we are called to serve. That's whom we were created to wait upon. Thanks be to God for the call that is upon our lives and the lives of all God's children every place. Amen.